a lot of people are really zoomed into the monkey pictures, the ape pictures, and and JPEGs specifically. But in reality, NFT is a technology, underlying technology that serves so many different purposes. And, and that's something that I'm so, so excited about is because we can see how things become a lot more efficient. And this entire new industry is being born right now under our eyes, literally, because never has it been ever before where you can claim digital ownership over an asset online. Hello, hello, everyone. Today is, we're going to be, it's a couple of weeks before NFT NYC. So this week, we're going to be talking about a handful of interesting topics. Crypto never sleeps, very interesting stuff. Um, and uh, Will, before we start, uh, how, are, how are you doing? It's been a little bit. I've been traveling quite a bit. How are you? I have been incredible because our launch is coming right up. Uh, the next phase of what we have been working on for the littles. It's it's super incredible to see the response that I get from people I share it with. You know, being able to work on a project for the last six months, a lot of times you put your head down and you're building, building, building. And I know it's such a cliche. People are just like laughing at you like, oh, you're building. But it's like so hard to show to progression because you're you're taking like 10 different pivots every single week or every single decision you make. You're always pivoting around the problem. And, and and in this market, you don't get rewarded for any changes. You need to come off as being super polished and being ready to go and hit the hit the floor running. So I'm really excited about that. You know what? L- let me share something real quick. For those of you that are going to be able to see this video, um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. Will, I don't even know if you've seen this, but t- take a look at this chart over here. So those of you that can see the video, I- I'll explain for audio too. There's basically this green line. that's an incremental line that keeps going up and to the right, but it's very incremental progress, right? And then the other, the, on, and this is on the um, the x-axis, right? So there's x and y-axis. Then the y-axis, um, there's um, there's another line that's kind of like a slope. It's like a hill, right? And this is basically where crypto was as an ecosystem in the last couple of years. Like everything was going like skyrocketing up into the right. And then now everything's going down. Everyone's like, crypto's BS, DeFi is dead. And so you can see everything's going down the hill right now. And then the green, the green line, you know, on the x-axis just continue to go up into the right. Um, and what that basically says is that's what actual progress is. And builders are actually just going to focus on incremental progress. They're going to look at the green line, whereas the the media, they're going to their their job is to drive hype, right? It's to drive attention, to drive clicks. And so now everyone's like, oh my god, this crypto thing's all BS, haha! Like told you so. Um, so have you seen this one? I have. I actually have. Yes. Wow. And it's, it's it's very very interesting. Um, I I often get challenged with thinking which one is the best approach. <laughs> I'm always tempted to be like, oh, you can just hype it up, and you know you're gonna get hailed as a hero. But then how long is that gonna last? And I always kind of come back to my original thesis: is like um, slow and steady, just continue to put put in the work. Uh, and and because uh, like the conversations that we have been having, it's like, think in decades, think in decades. And that allows us to really um, center ourselves in the line of why, why we're building what we're building and, and how we approach the different uh, build as well, whether it's hype tactic, FOMO, or whatever the case may be, or you just want to build quality product for people to love and enjoy to support you. You know, I, I was watching a, a video on the plane yesterday and uh, it was one of Gary V's four um, D's. And so He's got this 4Ds thing where people will pay him like, I think 10 grand or so. And they sit in a room with him for like an hour and like 10 people are in there. Right. And then um, he made an interesting comment about like 
uh, every single company, he thinks every single company will create a mascot down the road, right? So for example, Littles has a mascot, Leveling Up Heroes, you know, there's a mascot too. And just creating these brandable characters that can last for the long term because um, people can can identify with these mascots, right? So I think that's going to be something really interesting. And um, it's going to take time to build all this stuff, the the IP and all that. Um, I'm sure you're, th- you're you're thinking about games, you know, I'm thinking about toys and all these things. So all, all these things will, will, will slowly happen um, over time. So maybe, maybe something really practical we can start with first, Will, is um, we're, we're both going to NFT MIC, and then we can talk about kind of what our plans are, and then to make it practical for people, how people can make the most out of these conferences. So um, do, do you want to lead off first and maybe tell us a little bit about what NFT MIC is, and then we can just, you know, go back and forth? For sure. So for those that don't know, NFT NYC is one of the biggest NFT conferences out there. Um, and basically all the people that are in NFTs would be around this city hosting different events. Multiple different projects are hosting big events for non-event goers because NFT NYC is a conference. They're hosting, I think like 15,000 different speakers, collection of four days of, of speeches varying from artists to the tech to collectibles, gaming, you name it, they have it there. Um, And there are going to be seven different venues around town hosting these talks for the four days. But majority of the people that go are not really going for the talks because they can actually go and stream this online. Why are people going? Well, I think this is where you can bring a lot of insight as well, Eric. Yeah. So, I mean, did did you go to the first one last October? No, I was not even... Oh, I was barely in NFTs back then. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Um, so, okay. I went last October and um, so that was the very first NFT MIC. And my bet was that this would be like a South by South, Southwest, which is like a tech conference that um, continually grew over time. And now like a lot of people in tech go there every year. Um, it largely, it, it felt like that, right? Like a lot of um, crazy things were just popping up. Like Gary Vee would do like an impromptu meeting with people. And it, it was set up at um, right next to the hotel I was staying at. Um, so it was easy to just walk down and, and watch um, watch kind of the conversation. Gary did a fireside chat with with people. And so, you know, for me, what, what I found that was um, really interesting with NFT NYC was more so the side events and the people, more so than going to the actual talks. Um, because the thing is they, I think they have like 1500 speakers or so. Right. And so I would watch some of the talks and, um, I think it's, it's good that this events bringing people together, but I would say a lot of the talks were probably, um, average or below average. I hate to say that. Um, but I, I just want to make sure that people get the most out of their time. Right. Um, and if it's your first one, you know, feel free to check it out. But you know, if I'm going to go to these things, I'm always betting on the people and I want to maximize kind of going deep, um, with these people. So what we're doing at a high level is, we're doing a private dinner. And so um, Will's going to be coming to the dinner with um, his wife, um, Cass, and um, a lot of great people are coming to dinner, right? Like from, uh, you know, I'll, I'll name drop a couple just because it's, it's just so you understand kind of how I'm trying to connect um, connect the dots here. So Keith Grossman from Time, right? Nadia from Pussy Riot. And then you have Matt Liu from Origin Protocol, just to name a few. Um, but my goal here is to say, okay, guys, like we're coming together. Let's just do a dinner. I'll set everything up. Like we'll do it in a private room. Let's connect people. And, um, you know, magic happens from that, right? So dinners are kind of always like the staple for me for these events. And then we are doing a, we're doing a happy hour and we're, I think we have about 150 people registered right now. So we're capped. 
we might increase that number depending on if we can get a sponsor or not. So that's a little hack. Think about getting a sponsor um, for any event that you host. Um, and then other than that, I'm going to a handful of um, holder events. Like I, I hold a Moonbird, so I'm going to go to one of their David Blaine events. And I, I'm being very selective about where I go to. And the, uh, the final thing I'll say before I pass it over to you, Will, is um, I think pacing yourself, not feeling like you have to go to every single thing. My goal when I travel or when I go to any events, it's just like one big thing per day. And that's it. I don't want to plan it out too much because I want to let serendipity take over. And that's where the, the magic happens. Um, so those are my thoughts out the gate. Will? So much things to unpack on that. And by the way, I, I thought that last conference was in June, which is why I'm like, oh, I was just dabbling in it. But in it, I totally missed that. It was actually in October. And that was when I was like balls deep in it. Uh, so um, for the record. Now, I think that for the regular goers, um, being able to hit all the events is, is going to be very, very difficult because it's always gated with uh, for community members. Um, but the side events is so, so eventful to even go to. And for me, I, my approach is very, very different when I, when I go to these events. Like, I want to pack my day to go to like eight different uh, events and whatnot because I wanted to, I want to meet the people that I need to meet. And usually they're at multiple different events. And at the same time, being able to have a fluid schedule as well, that if you were to miss an event, it's going to be okay. Because as you said, let serendipity take over and magic happens. And it, that's precisely what we did. And it just works really, really well. I think, Will, yeah. you make a good point too. Sorry to interrupt. I, I think it's booking as many or reserving as many things as you can, but you, what you're looking for is optionality, right? So then you, you make sure that you have it reserved. So it's kind of like you, you plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Um, so the worst case scenario is like you go to those events, which is kind of a good case scenario anyway, but sorry, keep going. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think like with this approach for NFT NYC for the littles, uh, which is our project, we approach it in a very different way. And the reason why we're approaching in different ways, because first of all, the blue chips would have their big, big parties, multi-day event. Like for example, Bored Ape, they have the Ape Fest four-day event. Doodles have their four-day event. Cool Cats have their four-day event. So it's very, very hard to outbeat them in hosting an event that like wows your community. And at the same time, you also want to be able to make some noise that you're representing the brand at a place where everyone is showing up at. So for us, we're going to have a uh, meetup, which is going to be a 10 to 12 coffee shop meetup uh, environment. So then that way, the community can really get together and bond. Like these are like PFP faces that we've been seeing for months. And now we get to really connect with each other. And I think there's so much magic in, in seeing people in real life, especially as a founder, you need to connect with your people because when they see you, there's this invisible injection of confidence in your passion towards the project and your vision towards the project. And that is irreplaceable through words, through podcasts or video. Like every time I go to these conferences, my confidence level and conviction in crypto and NFTs goes shoots up like 200% is crazy and keeps me going, which is why these events are so, so important for our holders. Now, at the same time, what we have done is we have created these eight foot tall statues of our mascot, to your point, Jojo Bears, and they're going to be traveling around town to different events. Uh, so then that way we can have a presence, we can show our face, we can introduce other communities to the Littles ecosystem. And currently we have, uh, confirmed location wise, we have 
the time event. We're going to be at the time event. We're also going to be at the Times Square billboard by the American Eagle. We're going to be at the Shopify location. We're going to be at the Kaiju King event. We're going to be at the CyberCon event. We're also going to be potentially your event. Potentially, we still need to jam it up with your team. Um, and a few more events that we're still in the talk. So then that way, this becomes a big giant treasure hunt that is going in a span of four days, achieves the same result, but in a budget friendly manner. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I mean, all the things you're talking about, let, let me just ask you a question. I'm sure people, cause this is the thing that just popped in my head. How are you learning about all these events? The Kaiju Kings one, the Cyber Kongs ones, the time one, right? Cause people like they're, they're like, it's like looking at a big menu at Cheesecake Factory. You just don't know what to pick. So how are you finding these? Well, for me, I look at it from two different angles. One angle being the web two specific angle of partnerships where we can we can leverage their name, quite frankly, to add credibility to our brand. So being able to be an American Eagle, that itself is a credibility piece. Same thing with uh, Shopify. So these are relationships that we have set even from NFT LA to your point about meeting quality people, having deep relationships. I think that's exactly where it's paying off after three months. Um, that's the Web 2 angle. The Web 3 angle, I'm really approaching it from a way of our partners. So Time is one of our partner. If For those that is the first time hearing about the Littles, we have a official partnership with Time Studio to create a children's animation series. And, and that's the reason why it's a very easy convo to be like, hey, do, you, do we want to have this partnership? Because we're technically a big family. And it becomes a really easy yes. Um, same thing with CyberCon and Kaiju Kings uh, subducts as well, because these are the partners that we officially partner with. So being able to tap into their community is, is everything. And it allows us to have this network effect. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I think there's something to be said about uh, collaborations, partnerships at the end of the day, you're, you're really, um, it, it's kind of one plus one equals three, right? So anyway, I, I hope that was helpful for everyone with uh, kind of our NFT MIC plans. There's more events, obviously, this year. There's Art Basel, a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline, but, you know, focusing on, on one event at a time. Now, a couple of things to, to talk about. Um, so maybe maybe the next one is around the crypto bill um, that is being proposed, at least in the United States. So just to give some context on, on this one, I believe it's Senator Loomis, and um, I think she partnered up with, with somebody else, but there are a handful of things that they proposed. And I, I think... Um, this is probably a, a good thing. And um, there are a couple of highlights, right? So for example, um, there is, I'm just going to read a couple of highlights here. So basically, um, and before I do, I think it's important to understand that regulation is not necessarily a, a bad thing um, because regulation then helps the institutions decide on what's, it's like, okay, this is what's okay. This is what's not okay. And now I can start to put money in. I can start to deploy capital into the space and it basically lifts everyone, right? So a couple of highlights um, that I wanted to flag here and then Will, we can talk about it, but um, there are no taxes on crypto transactions that are under $200, which means you can go buy a meal with Bitcoin if you wanted to, and then you're not going to get you know taxed for it, right? Um, and then also um, they're proposing that people will have the right to self-custody their digital assets, which is great. Um, you know, that means no, like no one can just say, I'm going to take all your money. I'm not going to seize all your assets. Right. No, no government can do that, which is you have, you have senators saying this. I think they understand this is where the world is going. Um, and then most crypto assets are the proposing will be viewed as commodities rather than securities. Um, so what that basically means at a very high level is that the securities and exchange commission in the United States which is, I mean, they typically will regulate, um, you know, securities. 
Um, it's actually going to the Commodities Futures Trading Commission, right? So I don't understand too much about it, but it's just to understand that, hey, like if it's not going to the SEC, that's actually a good thing because the SEC has been highly kind of against crypto, very anti-crypto, and they want to regulate it as much as possible. Um, with this, this means um, the SEC is not really going to, they're not going to oversee this. Um, the fourth and fifth thing from my side, and then, and then I'll turn it over to you, Will, um, for your thoughts, um, mining taxes, right? So uh, miners will now be taxed after they sell. Um, right now, crypto is being taxed basically the, the moment that you that you mint something that you you mine a bitcoin um it gets taxed right um so this is actually going to be good long term for for people's income and then i think this one's very important given the whole um you know terra luna thing um stable coins must maintain a 100 reserve right and they have to disclose how much and which assets are in the reserve so i think this would be good um i'm still kind of unclear on what tether is holding which is another stable coin so um will at a very high level what are your thoughts i actually really really um i think that this bill is is really good for the entire crypto market because it once again as you were stating these regulations provide a lot more clarity for people. Once there are rules in place, the organizations would now be able to inject a lot more money into the space. Because if it's not clear, your money can be gone the next day. Um, and so these, all these rules, specifically, I would say like the stable coin maintaining a hundred percent reserve, that part is is so good for the industry because that means that your stable coin would need to have enough liquid assets in the reserve to cover all the stable coins. Really not much like an algorithmic type of stable coin where as we see in, in Terra, Luna is just completely collapsed because it's just a, a big, big Ponzi scheme pretty much that, hey, you know what, let's play chicken. Who's willing to have their money in there, take the 20% APYs and hope for the best. You know, this is not the case. Now that, you know what, your crypto money needs to be backed by real money. I incredible. I think this is uh, this is a really great step towards the right direction. Yeah, I think the United States, um, you know, people generally continue to look to the United States for, for things like this, right? So the fact that um, executive order was signed saying, hey, let's 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 really try to, you know, we understand that crypto is the future. Let, let's let's make sure that we we protect our people as well. And then this this proposed bill that they've been working on for months, it seems largely positive. Um, and so I'm, I'm very hopeful for it. And I hope this, these regulations pass sooner than later, because that means that institutional money starts to come in. Um, any other thoughts around this before we move on? The last point, actually, I, I do want to cover is that is like that shows a lot of understanding and the of the ethos from the government is the fact that they're proposing full control of the digital asset. Something I want to dive in a little bit deeper is because uh, what it means to have full control of your digital asset means that currently in the financial system right now our 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 money in the bank is not really in our full control the government can come down and freeze your account anytime they want for any reason that they want and we've seen this play out in the canadian border issue that was happening and now for the fact that they are proposing to let the holders have full control of digital assets really is in line with the reason this exists, the crypto the cryptocurrency exists, is because it, it's decentralizing. There's no one person that can control anything. And this is definitely, once again, going towards the right direction. 
Yep. I, I'm very excited for it. I hope it passes sooner than later, but still it's, it's got to go to the house and, and all that. So um, it is what it is. And um, a couple other things. So, Will, you marked kind of this one around tech giants moving into NFTs. What are your thoughts around this? What, what's what's going on here? Ah, this one is really interesting. Um, so with the tech giants going into uh, um, NFTs, uh, specifically Salesforce launching their own platform for minting, selling NFTs, Samsung launching their Discord. Actually, speaking of Samsung, like we're we're in close touch with Samsung as well. So it's uh, it's interesting that, that the plans that they have for just dipping their toes into this arena, it seems like that they're they're in it to do a big, big thing. Um, just to share some behind the scenes, um, they actually have an agency that deals with all their crypto kind of initiation and activations. Now, that's not the interesting point. The interesting point is that within that agency, they have another agency that deals with cryptocurrency specifically and NFT specifically. So that just gives you an idea how big this entire agency is and how big of a uh, commitment they have towards this industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's exciting. We've already seen kind of um, Instagram t- Instagram talking about it, right? Twitter's already, um, you know, Twitter, Twitter's already, I mean, I wouldn't consider them like a they're publicly traded company, but they aren't one of the the um, fangs, right? Um, without Netflix. I never understood why people in, including Netflix <laughs> in there. Um, but I think point being is, is people are accepting this as the way to go. I mean, Salesforce, right? Salesforce is, um, Salesforce is actually opening up NFTs as well. Um, so, you know, NFTs aren't just the JPEGs at the end of the day. I was talking with a group of entrepreneurs last week. I was like, look, th- this stuff is really going to take off when there's more real world utility. I-, I think the art aspect is great, but also think about your medical records, right? Can you rent out or sell your medical records to certain healthcare providers uh, and maybe collect like a, like a recurring uh, like fee from it, right? Um and you, can, and you can volunteer that information. Or if you graduate from like my my college, maybe I, instead of giving you a diploma, maybe I airdrop you a diploma, a soulbound token that can't be taken away, right? So I think the tech giants understand that this is just a starting point and there's going to be a lot more utility because the blockchain at the end of the day is just a, it's, it's a ledger, right? And um, NFTs make it make it more kind of, um, it's, it's easier to grasp um, when you start with art first and then you kind of just continue to, to grow from there. So it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, other than that, do you have any other, um, points or thoughts around this? Well, no, I think like you, you hit the nail on the head by, by saying that because NFT itself, a lot of people are really zoomed into the monkey pictures, the ape pictures and, and JPEG specifically, but in reality, NFT is a technology underlying technology that serves so many different purposes. And, and that's something that I'm so, so excited about is because we can see how things become a lot more efficient and this entire new industry is being born right now under our eyes literally because never has it been ever before where you can claim digital ownership over an asset online now we have the ability to do so exactly i mean people don't like change right i remember again sitting in that room of the 60 entrepreneurs and you have people saying i can right click save it you know the, the monkeys are stupid and all that but to your point it's the it's the underlying technology. People love to hate on something when it's new. People love to hate on things that they don't understand. But when you look beyond the the art itself, which is important because art's a good way to, to art's a good way to onboard uh, users into this ecosystem. Um, it, it's what are people really going to do? And I will tell you right now, I have friends um, that that medical that selling your medical data. That's actually a startup that my friend's building right now. Uh, my other friend, he he actually helps people make dresses or like. 
um, really fancy looking outfits out of trash. And the, the, the outfits look amazing, right? And he wants to figure out how to make those into NFTs. Kevin O'Leary has once said that, um, you know, watch companies like really luxury watch companies want um, people to have an NFT tied to each watch, right? So this is just technology. And, um, you know, the sooner that, um, maybe, the sooner that you experience it, I, you get to make a decision for yourself. Um, obviously you're listening to creators of web three, so you probably believe in it already. But I think if you're yeah. talking to any loved ones, like, Hey, like, why don't you just go out there and experience it yourself first, then you can, you can make a judgment call. But before you actually even have anything before you've built any scar tissue, I think it's probably a little unfair to, to judge anything. And to, uh, to, to close off the, with this point, sometimes like, I wonder, am I the crazy one? And then when I look at, you know, Salesforce, Samsung, Snapchat, Instagram, all these big companies making moves trying to figure out how to utilize this technology within their ecosystem to deepen the relationship with them and their community and their users, then we know for a fact that we are going towards the right direction and that we are still, we're still all learning. And this is what levels out the playing field for the regular Joes like ourselves. Yep. Um, Crypto sponsors. So the arena of crypto sponsors, what are your thoughts around this? Oh, dude, I think like in the next few years, crypto would dominate everything and anything in terms of sponsorship. Like we already see it in Formula One. We see it in basketball courts, like football stadiums and everything. And as the fight for land grab goes more and more mainstream, these crypto companies that have billions of dollars raised and whatnot, they're going to go and promote through every channel and medium ever possible. Yeah, I have a, so I, I have a couple of thoughts around this. So I think in 10 years, we won't be saying crypto. Uh, it's just going to be part of the internet. This is just another layer on the internet. Um, and I do think what we're seeing right now with like FTX, crypto.com, you know, all these crypto companies sponsoring everything, I think that's going to start to go away. Because here's the thing. When you look at Coinbase, for example, these transaction costs, like they have to come down, right? Crypto wasn't built to take these large transaction costs. Um, and, you know, Brian Armstrong himself had said, like, if you were to do Coinbase over again, he'd probably make it decentralized. Um, you know, I, I think what's interesting from a marketing perspective is like the, the game that FTX is playing right now. I, I live in Miami. They have FTX Arena. Um, you know, they've they are spending a ton of money right with uh, with branding. And it's actually working because um, they I think last month I was looking at some of the data. Um, I think they overtook Coinbase for a month or maybe they were number. Yeah, I think they overtook Coinbase as the number two. And Binance is obviously number one in the world. But then you have Coinbase typically and then there's FTX. Um, and so the branding seems to be working. Something ha- seems to be working. Um, so I think a lot of these exchanges that are sponsoring a lot of money right now, crypto sponsors, Formula One, they have um, st- um, Formula Staples Center in in, in Los Angeles. Um, I think they some of them might be going into a precarious position because if you're like if you're a company that doesn't have a strong balance sheet and then you have like the seven hundred million dollar bill for the basketball stadium. Uh, you're in trouble, right? And so I don't know how how much some of these are going to be able to hold on. I think FTX will stand the test of time. But what I think is, again, we won't be seeing crypto much. Maybe a, p- a potential thing is FTX will buy like a crypto.com out of their kind of stadium agreement um, for pennies on the dollar somehow. I don't know how this all will work, right? But I, I think it's just a couple of things to, to think about. Um, to I just wanted to plant the seed for people. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have anything else to add on that note because I'm all over Goblin, Goblin Town. It's. It, yeah, do you want to talk, talk about, about that? that. I, I've been seeing that all over chat. I just I've been traveling so much the last couple of weeks. So what is going on with that? It seems like it's a project that took off. Like, what is it exactly? Why is it taking off? 
it's something that I've seen like from Freeman all the way up until five ETH. And it's such a great case study. And by the way, disclaimer, I hold zero. I'm not a, I, I admire it from afar in terms of how they built this. Uh, do I envy it? No, I do not envy it. I feel like it's catching lightning in a bottle. In essence, in the last week or two, um, there has been a project called Goblin Town that has minted. It's a completely free mint um, and they do not have a Discord. They do not have a website. All they have is Twitter. No, nothing. No utility. No, nothing. Uh, CCO, that means that you can use the image however you want. Um, and that's the premise of Goblin Town. Now, what did you hear about this project? You know, I didn't. I, so I, again, I, looking at the JPEG Morgan chat, they're all talking about it. I, here, here's what I did here before Goblin Town. I, I was actually having um, having lunch with Avery, the president of Vayner NFT. And I was like, what are you super excited about right now? And she said, I'm really excited about free mints. So like you just mentioned the word free mint. And I, I didn't know Goblin Town was a free mint. So maybe we can talk about that because it seems like a lot of people feel like free mints are going to be like a trending thing. Um so I, I just don't know enough right now, but um, yeah. Yeah. So I think like they're like why they're gaining so much attraction is there's just a few ways of looking at, into this is because first of all, I think they really kickstarted the free mint uh, meta. The way they communicate through Twitter, it, I think is so brilliantly done is that they change up their font. So you see these like big, big fonts and these really small subscripts and whatnot. And that's like kind of them mimicking how the goblins talk. And that itself is so new on Twitter that if you're scrolling through your feed, you would see this immediately pop up. It's like, oh, like these fonts are completely different. And this becomes a way for them to be able to build a clout following. Uh, and also another thing that really got people's attention is their spaces, uh, it, which is incredible because they have thousands of people going on Twitter spaces, making goblin noises for hours and hours and hours and i'm like literally there were thousands of people in there and i'm like i don't get this i really don't get it but then yet this is their way of gaining attention and specifically in the pfp nft space it's all about attention the more attention that you have the more in demand the project is so from merging the the, the, the whole sound uh, on Twitter to the way they use their languaging and also their fonts is how they really differentiated themselves amongst everything else out there. Um, now, at the same time, I feel like that the timing of this project came out in such a good time because right now we're in a, in a big prolonged bear states and people need stuff to degen into. And this project really reminds me of Cryptodes. Are you familiar with cryptodes? Yep. Way back. It, it's all about the vibes. Like when, when, when you ask people about like, hey, why did you pay 10 ETH for a crypto with literally zero utility? What's the roadmap and whatnot? Everyone would answer you vibes. That's just what it is. And, and I think this is exactly how um, Goblin Town is is in, in terms of comparison wise. You know, I, I think what's what's interesting is the um, CCO. So Creative Commons means like people can do anything they want, right? And so I think to um, to release something out like this to for free, and then people basically get to own each one and and do whatever they want with it. Um, 
that creates more marketable moments. And the fact that it's free is a marketable moment. Um, CCO leads to more marketable moments, plural. And, um, you know, if people are doing spaces, making noises and all that, and like that, that's creating more word of mouth too, right? So that that's more uh, marketable moment. So I think, I mean, a free mint, at least to my understanding, is exactly what it is. It's it's free, right? Um, and it, it's it's potentially a way, like if it's something that's remarkable, which in this case it is, right? Because you have people making goblin noises, um, then more people will talk about it and then it just blows up. And I, I'm looking at the floor price right now in OpenSea, it's 4.45 ETH from something that's free. So do I think stuff like this will last for the long term? Um, probably not. I think a lot of this is is hype, right? And to your point, I think it's lightning in the bottle. So um, I think if you are very creative with how you go about you know, doing free stuff, then then sure, right? I, I think, um, but this is an interesting case study. So yeah, super interesting. And at the same time, um, we, we need to understand and know the fact that before Goblin Town came out, there were thousands of other projects that were also Freeman. So do not look into creating projects like, oh, this is the meta. This is like um, the, the roadmap. I think it's all about the time. Timing is a really, really big thing. Luck is also another really, really big thing. There's so many people that put in real tangible work that has worked months to create a really great project. And yet they don't even have nearly as much attention or uh, support. Than uh, from the community than Goblin Town, so I think it's, it's just super interesting to to see um, to see uh, what do I think of it. I think it fits a very very specific type of demographic, and those people they already made the money in um, in this project, which is the reason why it's play money for them. It's house money, so they don't care holding as long as they they, they want to. But to go in at this level, I I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think there does need to be a reset long term with these prices. Um, like you know, four point four five. You know, as of today, that's about uh, seventy five hundred or so in, in U.S. dollars. Um, so I, I think there still needs to be a reset. Um, I, I still think the, the market has further down to go. Um, that's just my my take on it. I, I think, but but again, going back to the, the the chart that we you know reflected on earlier today, I think it's just builders are going to continue to build, focus on incremental progress. Um, this stuff is interesting. It's a case study. Um, you know, also if you want to increase your your luck surface, I mean, you just work harder, right? The harder you work, the luckier you get. Place yourself in the the, the right areas, and um, that is what it is. Um, final thing I wanted to talk about, Will, before we before we get out of here, um, what are your thoughts? I mean, so right now, a lot of tech companies are. Uh, mandating hiring freezes and um, a lot of um, like Coinbase, for example, they're rescinding job offers. So I actually was looking at a site and they showed like who they actually rescinded. And actually we have our team taking a look at um, on the agency side, we have our, our team taking a look at who we might want to hire, right? Because these are people that have been vetted and unfortunately their job offers have been, have been rescinded. So the, the other thing too is um, I was, I'm in another entrepreneur's chat and then people are saying right now, like you have companies like Tesla, Meta, you know, Google right now who are, they're cutting people. They're cutting 10 to 15%. And it's not because they don't have money. It's just like, they're one of the reasons is like, oh, they're using this as like a guise to just cut the people that they wanted to cut anyway. Right. That that's one of them. The other one is generally like they're, they're preparing for what's about to come. And the third one is like, um, you know, they're overspending anyway. So they actually have to make these, these cuts. Right. So, um, what are your thoughts around all this? It's really interesting to see it from a founder's perspective. And I, tend to reflect on my personal actions and feelings as, as a founder, because we have a treasury that we're working with. And even just a month ago, like the ideas of, of expansion, the idea of opportunity, the idea of land grab and talent, 
was so optimistic. It was always about go, 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 looking at how we can take on the next opportunity. It feels like that the gravy train won't stop. It just feels like that we're always building and there's opportunities coming in, money's flowing in, market is thriving. And within just a month of time, reflecting on how I have been acting as a founder and what my thoughts are, like I want to make sure that I'm around for, as you said, like for decades. So how can I survive the upcoming winter and the uncertainties. Like this is, these are things that are oftentimes like I'm always thinking about. I'm like, where, what are the necessity? Who are the necessity in terms of hires? What projects and opportunities is going to be able to move the needle? And these are things that I'm thinking about. So, and I'm only in charge of a, a small team. I can't think about how, I can't even imagine these big companies, what they're running off of, their burn, their burn rate. And like with talent, earlier when the market was thriving, it was always about like, not just the dollars, even if you have paying top dollars, you can't even hire great talent back then. Just a couple months ago, it was the fight of talent. Now it's a very different ball game. And it's just to show that all these companies are just preparing for the winter. Yeah. These, these cycles, they, they ebb and flow. Right. And so what was an employer employees market is now very much an employer's market again. And I will tell you kind of behind the scenes, when I talk to founders and investors, um, they are, they're, they're kind of in defense mode right now. And then they're also good at, they understand that they're going to get their pick of the, the, the litter later, right. When it comes to hiring the best talent. Um, and so cycles happen, they happen, they, they go up and down. What I would just say is from a practical standpoint, just making sure ideally you have six to 12 months of expenses, um, protecting your income is the number one thing, right? Protect your income. Um, and then if you're fortunate enough, you know, maybe you can start like some type of side hustle. This, you know, great things are built during, you know, times of, uh, of, of crisis. Right. Um, and then if you're fortunate enough after that, maybe you have some leftovers, you can invest some of that capital into things that you believe will be around for the long term, right? You know, th- this, this game is, is really no different. It's just that, you know, every 40 or sorry, 60 to 80 years or so, like, you know, people that understood the game, learned the game, they die. And then there's a new, new uh, group that comes, right? But just understanding over the years, what's worked is long-term, patient, sustainable growth, not trying to trade all the time, um, but trying to, you know, believe in, in what you um, think will be around for the long-term, right? Which is why you see Will doing what he's doing with the littles and uh, what we're doing, doing with leveling up heroes. Um, any final thoughts, Will? Yeah, I think like now's the market that is prime for builders. Now you have the time to think. There's a time for you to learn. You don't feel like that you're missing out on things, which in in essence, it kind of forces you to make really rash moves. Now you have the time to be like reflecting, connecting, networking with people, and at the same time, really build, build something useful in the marketplace. So when the next cycle goes up, you already have six, 12 months of quality work. You're not coming to the market with an idea. You're coming to the market with real team, real network, and real product that you can show for and to really ride that next cycle up. And that's where we want to be in the next year, two years to come. All right. So that is it for this episode. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe from your whatever podcast listener that you're listening to because it does help us grow. Um, and you know, we our team's put in a lot of time and effort for this one. So if you want to continue to hear more, please do that. It helps us. And hopefully see you at NFT NYC at one of our respect respective events. And uh yeah, we'll catch you next week. Peace.